0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, welcome in to the show. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Halloween morning. We have made it to the end of October. And (laughs) tonight tonight the uh kids will be out trick-or-treating and uh and they'll get some great weather for it well once again the, the weather has been just fantastic uh 76 degrees your high so that means tonight around oh i don't know what 6 7 p.m when the kids are out we're talking 70 maybe still in the 70s mid to high 60s at that time as well so uh yeah should be nice i uh we, my, I think my daughter and I have decided that we are going to uh, because of the you know the new dog changes everything every single thing <laughs> um, and, cl- and especially right after uh, he has been uh, still recovering from his surgery last week. So I think my daughter decided we're gonna post up we're gonna sit we're gonna be the driveway family. Ooh. we're gonna sit out in the driveway. I, I would I would say make uh, make like a fire in the fire pit but I don't know that that'll be necessary uh for for this situation you can still so. do it anyway yeah i guess so i guess so so uh that is that's our plan tonight and then yeah today with a high of 76 Almost the coolest day uh, for for most of this week because we're back into the 80s for Tuesday and Thursday. How many times have I declared the 80s done for the year? Too many. Uh, Good thing you lot. didn't have a walk on this. A lot. They yeah. keep coming. The, this has got to be it, though. Wednesday has got Wednesday or Thursday have got to be it for the 80s. Uh, but I do see. I do look ahead a little bit, guys. You see Friday's forecast: 46 and light rain. You're high on Friday and well, uh Oh good for that playoff football. Yeah, and then Saturday in the fifties in, in light rain. So we may not have that uh, that great weather memorial stadium that we got this weekend, even though the uh weather was great, the the football was not. And so yes, I was at the game, enjoyed a quarter and a half of it, enjoyed the weather for a quarter and a half, enjoyed everything about it for about a quarter and a half, and then I just sat in my uh seat angry and sad for the rest of it once uh Again, but we enter into a big week here for a variety of reasons. A lot of questions will be answered by the end of this week about various things. Uh, You know, speaking of the football thing, will Casey Thompson be able to get back on the field? Mickey Joseph did not sound too optimistic about it on his Sunday television show with Greg Sharp. Now, he didn't rule it out. Uh, But he said, he essentially said, we're we're still hopeful, but I don't believe it's going to happen. I I guess the encouraging thing out of that whole thing is that he's not, you know, done for the year, which I thought was in play. Uh, So it sounds like maybe in a couple weeks, you'll have a better shot at at getting him back if you don't this Saturday. Uh, But we'll wait to know more on that. Probably won't know a ton more on it until the, the very end of the week, if we even know it by game day at all. So... And if you are at the game, you know how important it is that he is playing in this game against Minnesota a game that nebraska i mean just literally has to have if they if they are still gonna still gonna have some designs on making a late run to a bowl right. game uh, after this whole thing. So we'll have that question answered this week. Ben Sass will get a major question. Answered this week is he goes up to the board of trustees at the University of Florida on Tuesday and they make a decision, Mark, on whether or not he is going to be getting the university presidencies, the university presidency there at Florida. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll see. He's going to be considered by the board of trustees and then a final approval coming from the Florida board of governors and they actually they actually have a meeting on november 9th but the but the board of trustees meets on tuesday tomorrow yep. they start the, the month with their for, meeting. The, yep. for this whole thing so it'll be their first first month meeting and uh we will we will see if this uh this this would happen and then uh, the board of
2: governors meets the day after election day the ninth that wednesday correct yeah
1: exactly and so uh, all of a sudden, you know, this, this scenario we've been talking about could come into focus very quickly for the future of that Senate seat. So we've got that question still hanging out there this week. By the end of the week, we will have answers to that. And then the other thing, of course, Mark, which you referenced, is the last full week before the election. A week from Tuesday, Nebraskans, the rest of the country, goes to the poll for midterm elections what last minute pushes do we have which of the races are we going to be talking about here by the end of the week is it still this county attorney's races i think so Uh, one of these is one of these legislative races gonna uh fire up a little bit more here in the coming days um the you know the house races that are still out there as well we will uh we will see what we're talking about here by the end of this week but the candidate's going to be making Their final push, their closing argument over the course of the next few days before we go to the polls on Tuesday. Some people, of course, have already voted. Um,
2: But, yeah, we're almost done with election season, Mark. Well, the big names are coming out now to support. Uh, DeSantis went to New York over the weekend and uh, campaigned for Lee Zeldin uh, for governor. Uh, You've got Governor Ricketts uh, heading out on a, a district tour with Mike Flood here in a day or two. Um, around the state of nebraska well around the district the district i see yeah Yeah, yeah. this the the governor is is campaigning for mike floyd yes uh you got the vargas bacon it's a close one in in omaha of course that's always a close one Mm -hmm. um i think you're going to see some activity pick up in the governor's race too I see. Uh, Carol Blood got the endorsement of both the uh, Journal Star and the World Herald. Yeah, they're one and the same, so that well, doesn't yes. surprise
1: me. Um, different editorial. Well, they have different people on. They have separate editorial boards. I mean, the World Herald's probably been more, uh, been at least in their editorial board and their endorsements, they've leaned more right than the Journal Correct. Star yeah. has over the years, even though they do are under same uh, the same ownership now. But that was yeah, that was interesting. We'll see if Carol Blood can make any hay out of that.
2: Yeah, I you know the doesn't seem Probably like not. there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm no. coming out of that campaign. Uh, I mean, they're they're Correct. out there, but it not. Well, neither one is really.
1: Well, yeah, group. I mean, Pillen's campaign hasn't put himself very f- far out there because they feel like they are the by far the odds-on favorite, and so they don't need to, and so their role has been primarily. Um, you know, doing the the type of campaigning they've they've continued to do, not do the the huge public events, the debates, and then to the extent that they're buying media time, it is the most. I mean, it, it it's interesting. It's the most like non um, what's in the world adversarial uh, uh, political commercials that you've seen this entire. Jim Pillen's are like the most issues based commercials in all on all of TV and radio right yeah. now. It's he's getting one. into like yeah the education funding. And well, and I forget
2: g- what the other one was. Well, he's got the one there where he's with that old John Deere, uh, the refurbished John Deere tractor, Johnny Popper, and all of his grandkids.
1: So. Yeah, <laughs> So, so yeah. I I don't know. I would I'd and, have a hard time seeing that
2: one. And, and, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the Adam Moorfeld, um Pat Condon doesn't turn into a hockey match here pretty soon
1: well i mean is it not already there i mean my goodness no, I, you, you, I,
2: I think they might just you know maybe they both go to penalty boxes so. wow
1: um yeah that one has been it, it that continues to take twists and turns uh throughout and it has throughout the course of the last month or so yep. so yes but finally almost there Eight days, eight days from now, election day, uh, including our live coverage. We're going to have extended coverage on KLIN after an extended drive time, Lincoln, uh, and then some team coverage that evening. A little analysis leading you up to the polls closing at eight o'clock and, uh, you know, some I I think it's fair to say some some fun and some entertainment along the way before we get you into the uh, results and the analysis that goes along with it as well. So. Yeah, those are uh, so a lot of questions being answered as we go into uh into this week, guys.
2: Um what else is in the news well, here this Jeff morning? Well, Fortenberry Art? formally appealed. Oh, I forgot about that whole thing, 61-page uh, filing on Friday. <laughs> totally forgot uh, about that. So, uh that formal appeal is now uh before the court. We'll see how that all turns out. Uh, pretty uh, extensive report on it Aaron Sanderford, Nebraska Examiner on Saturday posted that. So. Okay. And a reported sexual assault on city campus uh, early oh, yesterday morning. Uh, they're That's not, not releasing a lot of information, but we do have the safety message from UNLPD posted now at com, so you can get the, the whole story there. Um, quite uh, what they're saying, it happened in a pretty public place, just northwest of 12th and R down there by uh, north of the uh, lead Center. On oh, campus. really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All right, I was right over there during the
1: day on on Saturday. That's where we walked by to uh, get to Memorial Stadium there uh, for that one. So
2: that's about. Uh, we that's had about two, it. Two fatal motorcycle accidents uh, Friday yeah, I night. I saw that. Uh, those those are uh, always Man, we got tough. A lot of those and yep. uh, a lot of a lot of traffic for the game too. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um yeah. Uh and then, you
1: know, other sports going on as well and Caleb's going to get into that here in in just a moment. A oh, full
3: sports weekend. Yeah. Nebraska
1: Jeez. volleyball played angry on Saturday night is what I would <laughs> describe it. We heard all about how Maryland was the top blocking team going in in the nation going into that match. They were kind of getting some hype as kind of a a hot team right now in the Big 10, kind of a plucky underdog. Uh, and th- th- there was one team playing elite defense in that game, and they were wearing, they were wearing, well, they were wearing alternate uniforms. The Huskers were some sweet those alternate cool. uniforms. Yeah, they, they were very cool. So Nebraska, if you missed
3: those, there's a picture of it in the uh, the story at KLIN dot
2: com. Yeah, if you want to see the
1: new the new uniforms that they were wearing in in that game, but they absolutely just gobsmacked them in that game. Maryland could not do anything offensively anything offensively it was entertaining yeah so uh, good to see nebraska volleyball completely back to normal um nebraska women's basketball let's face it they look they looked good but they were playing a wildly overmatched team
3: here's the thing about that on husker hour on saturday i told matt mcmaster i said in this exhibition game You're going to want to see how fast you can start and then just maintain because the game will be over two minutes in. And he goes, no way. He goes, it doesn't matter who you're playing. The game's not over two minutes in. I texted him and I said, hey, remember that conversation we had? Nebraska's up 11 nothing."
1: Right, the, the game's over. Right, <laughs> which coincidentally is about what Nebraska men got behind yeah. against Colorado too.
3: Ten nothing, very different.
1: Ten nothing, uh, <laughs> which they did get back into that game, but uh, never, never enough to. They cut make it to it o- five. Yeah. yeah, never enough to make it overly interesting, and they were, were without Derek Walker last night, and we don't really know why. Um, basically, Fred Hoiberg, after the game on the radio, called it a what did he call it a health. Health care issue. Yeah,
3: a health care issue. Not because normally you hear, but he was there. Concerns, like he, he was, was there.
1: Sick. He was there. He was on the bench, right? So um, everything
3: I I didn't see him on the bench.
1: Was th- he? well, they were talking about it on the radio a lot. Well, so. on,
3: on the ra- so I didn't see him on the bench. I also wasn't looking to the bench a lot. Yeah, I think- All I had heard was that he didn't travel.
1: Ooh, okay, that's the opposite of I what I heard several places so okay, yeah cause yeah i think he was there
3: I, I was in and out of that game because i think the he was there pac-12 stream was just the stream was garbage the product was really good when it worked
1: yeah <laughs> i uh, in watching it and and listening to it i'm pretty sure he was there uh so uh, so when that happened but my goodness let's just let's just take super super key players right off all of all of the uh the men's teams right now huh
3: well, and How's the that women's that Sam Hybe's not playing this Sam year Sam for basketball. No, Nicklin Haines right. missed some time for volleyball. Yeah, it's
1: frustrating, it is frustrating, but yeah. And uh, the, uh, the choo choo in the Mickey train is uh, we'll see, we'll see how it feels after uh, after this week and after what happened because that was a man, Caleb, that was a solemn Memorial Stadium on Saturday and. God, at one point it was still an eleven-point game. Mm-hmm. I was sitting by my son of the game, and I was like, I have to keep looking at the scoreboard because it feels like, you know, like a thirty-point game, not an eleven-point game. But you just—I mean, there was just no sense once Casey went down that the offense was going to be able to get anything going in any part of the game to to really make that thing interesting. And sure enough, they did legitimately almost nothing yeah it It was almost i mean even i think it was less than 50 yards
3: it was it was crazy you you really couldn't get anything going added a couple other turnovers it just didn't seem like there was a real plan for what does the offense look like sans casey thompson
1: yeah yeah so obviously very concerning if they have to play without him going forward at all um, at, at the very least though
3: the, the the part of exactly what i just said where it didn't look like there was a plan on what to do without casey thompson you have at least the whole week of now going Hopefully, okay yeah that even if it doesn't look good you've at least had time to know that this is your situation yeah
1: but and and we can we'll get into this i'm sure a lot this week maybe even at the seven ten segment but um you know the the, the one thing i do want to point out is it wasn 't what what we were worried about so often was about Illinois just absolutely running wild on Nebraska, and you know by the end they had decent running numbers, but it was uh you know it was four four and a half yards of carry, just tons of carries didn 't really convert third downs all that well that when they really when they really gouged Nebraska in terrible positions, it was play action passes. For the most part. Play action so it passes was not...
3: in Nebraska's defense being in a bad position because of a turnover.
1: Yeah. And that, yeah, that was, but yes, it was the, I think my larger point was, I think the defense played well enough to win yes. this game. Yes. Um, yeah. But when your offense doesn't gain any yards mm-hmm. and it puts you in just a, obviously, a terrible position. So, um, it, but it wasn't, I, I already saw, I've seen some narratives about the game they are like, that's not what happened. It was not. It was not Illinois physically manhandling Nebraska. That's not what that was. It's Nebraska no. unable to move the ball completely? Yeah. All right, 624, we'll take a break. We've got sports coming up next on KLIN.
0: I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news in sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, your, majesty, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. First, we have to congratulate our winner from last
1: week. The extremes did not win it. Because Illinois didn't have that extreme of a rushing total. You know in what would have won
3: it? If you would have taken exactly what Nebraska had averaged giving up, you would have won.
1: 188 net rushing yards. Wade had guessed 195. Um, and wow, there was a big. <laughs> I, and I get it. I consistently tell people to go on the, uh, the edges on this thing, but nobody really went in the middle on this thing. Nope. Nobody went with, like, the averages outside of Wade, because he had 195. The next lowest was 169. The next highest was 211. And so he had a big side and kind of a hot spot right in the average area, and that he rode to victory. So congratulations, Wade. You win the prize pack from Alumni Hall and Valentino's. And then we start a new week of Fantasy Huskers. Four more of them left this year. And this week, Nebraska takes on Minnesota. And so let's tell people the first keyword for the next week trick T-R-I-C-K trick is your keyword text that in to the Rick Stein recognition text line and if you do you're going to get a pick and I will give you a preview right now we are going to ask you a very simple question how many passes does Nebraska complete against Minnesota on Saturday now I'm being a little bit mean with that question uh to you the listener Because there are so many variables that you don't completely know right now. You don't know for sure which quarterback is going to be starting for Nebraska. You've got to absolutely figure in sort of the game situation in terms of how pass-heavy Nebraska is going to be. And number three, as we mentioned, the weather forecast right now looks a lot uh looks not as good as it did last saturday no could the weather play into <laughs> the decision to pass or not pass in this game and so um little little difficult to make on the first try but you could just go to the averages if you want to and try and try and make a guess based on that but uh yeah right now uh, just just for the update we mentioned it earlier but just to repeat uh Mickey Joseph said he doesn't think Casey Thompson is going to be able to play on Saturday but he is also simultaneously still hopeful that he yeah, plays yeah they
3: haven't 100% ruled it out they'll see We'll probably find maybe find out a little bit more today, definitely tomorrow when Mickey meets with the media.
1: Yes. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, completion, completions on the year, uh, I guess we'll have to do the math on this one, but they have uh, 215 completions on the year. Caleb, over what, how many games is that now that they played? One, eight. Eight, so 215 divided by eight is uh i don't know do it real quick for me <laughs> <will you>? 26 <laughs> 26.8 was a 20 26.8 so that's your that's your average area if you want to do that too so there you go all right let's get into the sound off again text that word trick t-r-i-c-k into the Rick Stein recognition text line if you want to uh, get in for pick number one for fantasy huskers um, all right, let's jump into our sound off uh, boy, this story this weekend. And of course it's got all this political animus to it as well and you know what's true and what's rumor and what's everything else. And so it's been kind of annoying to try and parse through exactly to figure out uh, what's going on exactly. But the I mean the bottom line is uh, that the husband of the Speaker of the House uh, is in the hospital um according to police, there was uh an attack on him by an intruder at his home. Still no clarification on motive. Uh, It does look like he is going to uh, be alive. He is going to survive this, although had some significant injuries, head injuries
0: specifically.
4: 82-year-old Paul Pelosi is in the hospital. He is recovering after that brutal attack. House Speaker broke her silence and released a statement saying in part, quote, a violent man broke into our home, demanded to confront me, and brutally attacked my husband, Paul. Our children, our grandchildren, and I are heartbroken. Police have not confirmed a motive in this case. Now, as for the suspect, 42-year-old David DePoppi, the New York Post reports that Berkeley residents describe him as a drug-addicted homeless man and who was living in an empty dilapidated school bus from time to time. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are condemning this violence. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy said violence is wrong and has no place in our community.
1: And and of course there's all because you haven't had confirmation on a whole bunch of details about this uh from authorities that you've got a big vacuum there and when where everybody's kind of filling in the details with the things that they want to be true about this politically but it would be nice if you heard from authorities just because this is a conversation of some level of national import Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to political violence if if that's what it was um you know okay who was this person? How did they get in? Was this not something where there was regular security there? Did he get by somehow? Was there a you know was there a way that he was able to get by regular security? Uh, or, or how else was he able to get access at that point? How were the police called um, when you know, when did the, the injuries and the actual physical attack uh, happen in relation to when the police were there? was he tied up at some moment was he not tied up at some moment well, I mean there are all these things that have sort of been reported through sources but not actually reported through open channels um and like I said it's created a vacuum where everybody just tends to believe what they want to believe mm-hmm. well I mean it's kind of true about most things in in the news these days right uh we people people gravitate towards uh, believing as truth the things that confirm their own narrative and their own worldview on things. But it'd be nice if sometimes that vacuum was filled by somebody who actually knew the facts of what happened. Um, all right. Elon Musk begins his uh, Twitter takeover now. Uh, fired a few people. Um, called himself. What was it? it? Is it the head twit? He called himself now. Yeah. Uh, On his profile. He
3: paid how much money just for the joke of let that sink in?
1: Um, but anyway, he's uh, he's getting busy on some things and, and making some changes right away.
4: Hollywood is unsubscribing from Twitter as Elon Musk's takeover sends celebrities running from the social media platform. Now, the SpaceX billionaire took to the site to remind users of his new position saying, quote, my title is Chief Twit right there in the bio. No idea who the CEO is. It comes as several celebrities make statements announcing their departure from the platform under the new ownership. Singer sarah barellis tweeting quote well it's been fun twitter i'm out see you on other platforms peeps sorry this one's just not for me musk says he looks forward to running a platform that allows a wide range of beliefs that can be debated in a healthy way without resorting to violence
1: all right so so he'll take over i mean my position is still that all right whoever is Whoever's in charge of it, be it Musk, be ever you know, be it the the people prior to Musk, it's a private company and they can do, they can do with those things what they want, and they should be able to do what they want. I don't know that. I I definitely don't think the government should be involved. Goodness sakes, this is the conservative view, by the way, <laughs> of of this whole thing. The government shouldn't be coming in and and trying to open these things up or impact any of. Of either before, either six months ago or now, but again, conservative and liberal don't mean what they used to. Nonetheless, all of that said, okay, I don't know what I don't know what Musk is going to do in terms of the content moderation, and I mean that's his choice. Like when places get terrible, though, people leave. Okay, so uh, uh, again, I I still wonder. I, I ask. The same question I asked when he first kind of got in the running for this thing. Is this about some kind of a principle, right? Is this really about some kind of a, a free speech ideal that he's got? Or is it ultimately about what he's been able to do really with everything else? And that's making a crap load of money, okay? Because those two may be very antithetical to one another in this whole thing. They may be. And, but here's here's my big, here's for me personally, this is just completely personal, somebody who uses very extensively this platform, and I don't really use any other social platform regularly, nearly, I mean, 99% of my social media usage is, is via Twitter as compared to anything else. But I continue to so, so, say... OK, you know, do what you're going to do on content moderation or not content moderation, because, frankly, I don't I I try and stay away. I already try and stay away from the political garbage back and forth, worthless discussions that exist on Twitter right now. I don't need any of that. I, I, and And so I'm going to try and stay away from it. I use it for. In from, from interacting with with people, discussing things that I am interested in, mostly for sports and news, and you know, trying to be funny and 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 frankly, build up my own brand and extend that, and and do all of those things going along with it. But here's here's where my concern comes in. I saw that he uh, has a plan now where he's going to start charging people to get verified, to basically get the blue check mark how bad do people want it you're gonna have to pay for it so here in the so these are the th- that's got nothing to do with conservative or, or or well i still don't like those words with with i don't know with free speech or not free speech or, or any of those things with content moderation okay it, it it's got very little maybe nothing to do with that those are the things that I'm worried about. That he's going to screw up the things that I think we all agree, whatever political stripes we are, that we all agree work about the format. Okay. Because I think we do all agree that some of it, that it, in a lot of ways, it works really well. It works better than other social media. And yeah, there was debate. There's debate about an edit button. There's debate. There was debate about switching from 140 to 280 characters. There's little tweaks that people want. But by and large, the reason I'm there all the time. It's because I like it, and I like how it runs. Elon, don't screw it up, please. That's that's what I'm at. L- l- let's admit that a lot of things about it do work. Otherwise, those of us who do wouldn't spend so much time on it. Uh, all right, rant over on that. Uh, guess what, Caleb? They didn't get a Powerball winner. Good. They didn't get a Powerball get winner, funky. So it's going to get crazy tonight. The
3: Powerball lottery is closing in on record territory. Monday's drawing will now be worth at least a billion dollars. <laughs> it's been three months and 37 straight drawings with no winners. The lump sum cash option for Monday's drawing is $497 million before taxes. The odds of winning, $292.2 million to one. The largest Powerball drawing was in 2016 for 1.5 billion dollars and was split between
1: three winners. Chris Dimeo, Fox News. All right, 400 million before taxes. So we're still talking. So we're still talking. Even af- after uh, after all that, we're talking about a, you know like a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, that's what you're going to end up with this whole thing. Here's Which thing- that was like where we figured out last week where you'd have that was right in that range of having having to spend 25 thousand dollars a day for the rest of your life
3: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> if you wanted to just put it in a bargain
3: imagine winning on Halloween
1: that'd be crazy
3: I think I might go I might go get one my wife's birthday okay. Is tomorrow
1: okay and say here you go honey here is a lottery ticket that didn't win happy birthday
3: I will give it to her today but I will word it as i got this for us for your birthday. In case it hits and she can't leave me. Did I, did I word that well enough I guess that so. she can't?
1: I guess the other thing is you could just get that, and in case it hits, you won't have to get another gift. Yes. So you got that, too. So, boy. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out tonight. You're doing, you're doing great on your first <laughs> birthday, uh, your first spouse's birthday as a husband. Great and job. That's how this goes, right? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> Nope, you nailed it. Uh, tonight is Halloween. This is Halloween. Halloween. This, this is Halloween. 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 Uh, and <laughs> so... Uh, You know, people are still kind of going all out for Halloween this year.
2: The National Retail Federation says Americans plan to spend about $100 on average for Halloween candy, decor, cards, and costumes. That's comparable to last year's record of $103 and the second highest in the survey's history, which goes back to 2005. So which costumes are trick-or-treaters likely to wear this fall? According to Google Trends data, which costumes are the most popular Halloween costume search this year? Also in the top ten, Spider-Man dinosaur stranger things fairy pirate rabbit cheerleader cowboy and harley quinn tanya
1: <laughs> j powers fox rabbit Games. cowboy and harley quinn let's get very specific at the other. there <laughs> wait, wait wait kelly i thought we were i thought the economy was tanking oh, we're at the Last year and this year, we're at the highest Halloween spending in it, just absolute years. It does not I thought, matter I how thought people bad the, were just scraping to get by everywhere in the country.
3: does not matter how bad the economy gets. <laughs> there are certain things that if people get joy from it... They're still going to make that a priority.
1: Yeah, I'm sure in the Great Depression, they were still going all out on Halloween.
3: Did you not see how scary those costumes were? That's true.
1: Are you kidding me? It's true.
3: We need to bring some of those back.
1: Uh, 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 Just a little disclaimer on this first one. I don't believe anything that's about to be said here about, about the future of the McRib. Okay. But McDonald's... I also don't care. Okay, I care a little mcdonald's claims to be this is it for the mcrib like this is the final run for this thing and i i I don't believe you
5: the mcrib sandwich is back at mcdonald's restaurants until november 20th according to the fast food chain the fan favorite is making a comeback for a final bow with reps teasing it as a farewell tour telling customers to enjoy it as if it's their last Explaining, we're hoping this isn't a goodbye, but a see you later. Adding, because as our McRib stands have experienced time and time again, you never know when or if the McRib uh, is coming back. What you The doing? sandwich, which is filled with boneless pork, barbecue sauce, onions and pickles on a bun, has had limited runs since first appearing on menus around Kansas City in 1981. Kristen, good one.
1: What are they doing? Caleb? Now they're backing off yet. Even they'll be back next year, just like they always are. This was a poor attempt to try and drive up some idea of scarcity here or something like that. You're not getting
3: rid of it. They don't taste good anyway. So there's that.
1: Okay, I would. I would. And I get Casey's it. Casey's
3: breakfast pizza tastes better. Oh my gosh!
1: You need to calm down.
3: And you know my thoughts on that.
1: I there was this video out. Last week about some you know kind of snooty person who had video of how mcribs were were like made, and I was like I was like oh this is gonna be so gross, and they put a frozen you know the frozen mcrib right it wasn't they put it that- on the on the griddle right and then they just flipped it and they made it and then they you know put I can't remember what all they they did to it but it was like everything looked clean right I was like, <laughs> it was man, like it is- uh, do you not are you just upset that it's frozen? Did you think it was like fresh? Did you right think it there. was actual ribs? What <laughs> that they deboned? What did you think was happening there? Like I was, I was wildly impressed with the. I mean, we've all put in. You don't think frozen patties are going on a griddle at your favorite restaurants that serve burgers, whether it's a McDonald's or a, a bazillion other places? I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the honest Abe's of the world's they use fresh ground beef, but other than that, man, you're getting frozen. I bet half of Applebee's menus just comes man. in frozen.
3: I have got some great YouTube videos to show that guy if God, he thinks that's bad.
1: What a snobby! Like <laughs> I, don't, I can't even, I can't even think about eating one of these things. Like, what was wrong with it? It was up putting frozen patties on a grill. That's what that's yeah. what they do at these places. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 6.55. We're going to take a break. That's it for your sound off. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on
0: KLIN. Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Well, what did Saturday's game do to the Mickey momentum to be Nebraska's head coach? You know, we said if it was a win, we thought things were going to get really interesting in that world. But now that it's a loss and a loss the way that it went, how do we think that changes the landscape of this coaching search? Caleb and I will get into that coming up at 710. We'll count down the five things that you're going to be talking about today with your morning drive. Also, during the 8 o'clock hour, be busy as well. Tim Haruza joins us eight days out from primary elections we'll find out about the races that he is most watching the next few days the ones that could be the most volatile as we head into election tuesday eight days from right now and then at eight thirty-five, dirk chatlin will join us to talk nebraska football and the aftermath of indiana knocking off nebraska and potentially nebraska playing without casey thompson for a, a decent period of time here. We will see. Illinois. About all of that. What did I say?
3: Indiana.
0: Don't care. Illinois, whatever. 38 degrees <laughs> at 7 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln. For the Mo- Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, 712, welcome back on a uh, Monday morning, Halloween, October 31st, 2022, as we will turn the page to November tomorrow, and all those jack-o'-lanterns and ghosts and and goblins and the M&Ms that are green and purple and orange (laughs) will all turn to cornucopias, uh, pictures of turkeys, and all of those things is the countdown to thanksgiving that's how it Wednesday.
3: works i don't look at to see when the leaves are changing i look to see has the candy changed yeah what's on the outside does it have the halloween is it a looking a little spooky is it looking kind of thanksgiving or christmas that's how i know I, the season's change.
1: i uh i d- some people love when i do my month rankings i always put october number 1 i have november lower than most people because i don't know there's just a combination of that that day when daylight saving changes, which is next Sunday, by the way, we will fall back um, coming up uh, next Saturday night into Sunday morning. So you've got that, number one. Number two is just the always impending task of removing all the leaves from my yard, which I know is on the way. That usually comes up first week or two of November. And so, so that together, and then just the weather, the reality of the weather really changing in the month of November. I don't know. November's a tough month for me. I know some people love it, but those, the combo of those three things, it's just, it's just impending, is what I would call the month of November in a lot of ways. Although I love Thanksgiving. I like, you know, I like it's a good sports month too, generally, but
3: it's a fantastic sports month. Yeah. Um, especially when you add in that you get the high school state football championships. Always feel like a good time of year. For me, it was always you had the start of basketball, high school basketball season starting practice.
1: I'm looking forward to and that. And that's always been yeah. my
3: favorite sport, so that made it jump up a little bit. My birthday's in the middle of the month, so you automatically... Individuals rank their birthday month probably mm-hmm. higher than the general population Jeez, would.
1: Your family all placed your birthdays weirdly together. Your own... Current nuclear family.
3: A lot of sexy time in the spring. <laughs> wow, we didn't like plan it You'd be like. Oh look, I'm just saying, it's coming. Was up it your daughter's birthday.
1: birthday like ten days ago? Yeah. You said your wife's birthday is tomorrow. Yep, yours is in what? What's your birthday? Nineteenth jeez my dad's is the six uh, my, like that's hilarious because we have sp- <laughs> my f- like my families we have spread ours out it's like we meticulously spread them out as far as possible We're, except for my i guess my son's december 22nd uh wife is in january daughters is in july and then i'm in august so we got like a six month break between the two pods of birthdays but you guys are like boom it's a non-stop birthday party with halloween and thanksgiving right yeah the, right there too. exactly
3: and it's well, and that's the other part. Once you you add in Thanksgiving to the month of November, that's when I would always see a lot of family that I hadn't seen for a couple of yeah. months. Because we're not all in one place with all of my cousins. We're spread out a little bit, but we'd always end up at my grandparents for Thanksgiving and
1: Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. So that's when you'd get to see everybody. Hey, I want to ask you something about the aftermath of that Nebraska football game. Oh, I it, thought we
3: were just going to talk months. That was I wasn't planning on it, but that <laughs> turned into
1: an interesting discussion. No, but I, this is not, not necessarily. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll have time, and we probably still will. Maybe we'll, in the morning drive, break down what went wrong uh, and what happened in the game. But I want to ask kind of a bigger-level question to you. Um, uh, and I'll preface this by saying something obvious is that I don't know where Trev is, right? Not physically. I don't know where he is on. Right, uh, on, right. on I don't know where he is physically either, but um, on on hiring a coach right now. Um, but I, I do believe that there has been some consideration that maybe more than was initially shot, thought to, to Mickey Joseph for this job. Mm-hmm. Um, with the way that the last, especially the last three games had gone prior to the Illinois game. And 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 kind of some intangible stuff and recruiting and and those other things as well. I do I do believe he was and is still a, a candidate and and has become a more serious candidate for this whole thing. But my question to you, Caleb, is, I mean, let's be super realistic right now. If if Casey Thompson is not healthy for either most or all of the rest of the season. Um, and even even if he is there's still a chance this could happen, but especially if he's if he 's not healthy nebraska's going to have barring something look, looking incredibly different nebraska's going to have a really hard time winning any of these games with an yeah. offense that doesn 't seem like it's able to to function nearly as as well and and that's a problem so my my bigger question for you is though i i mean i think you know I think we all say these these things like, well, you can't, I mean, you can't let, you can't make a decision based on Saturday for who the head coach or who the co- head coach isn't. Same way that you, you probably shouldn't, uh, you know, take, take, uh, pick your guy, you know, Dave Aranda out because they lost to BYU a couple of weeks ago um, or whomever. Right. Right. It's hard to just live week to week on this thing. Mm hmm. And I believe that to be the case. I believe it's got to be a deeper inquiry. It's got to, you know, it's got to be a whole lot deeper than that. But I would admit if this thing finishes out winless, um, even one more win, if you somehow get one against Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Iowa, it is going to be a hard sell to a lot of people to say, okay, you know, Mickey well, Mickey wasn't really given a fair shot, but the shot that he did get was one where they ended up winning either two or three games for the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, is it even like, so that, can you even, I know you, I know there's this principle that you shouldn't, shouldn't make a decision on the small sample, but okay. Even if we accept that though, is there any way you could sell a hire after a season that ended up like this? So part of what you said is
3: something that I've said multiple times, the, The opportunity in front of Mickey Joseph is there, but it's not necessarily fair the hand he's been dealt. Like, you you can only, you just have to, whatever you're dealt, that's what you got to deal with. And so for Mickey Joseph, his opportunity is a team that was already trending in the wrong direction, has had depth issues for years is kind of makeshift on the coaching staff with a lot of guys here for the first time so there's there's not that innate gelling that happens when you when you have staff cohesion all of those things add together and this is Mickey Joseph's interview for the full-time head coaching job so you got to take the data points that are available and I've been consistent in saying that the the losses do not hurt Mickey in his attempt at the job the wins can help because you get the perspective from that part of it. Now, in the losses, it's what happened, and those are the data points that I think Trev or athletic directors are really going to be looking at. And if you look on Saturday, in the loss, the team was not prepared to not have Casey Thompson.
1: Correct. And, and I think we can all agree on that.
3: that that's, that's a coaching issue. And, and I know, Mickey Joseph has been here one year. He didn't get to go build the, right. the quarterback room, but he's been in charge for a month how do you try to get at least a game plan, something backed up that at some point during the week, and it sounds like Chubba Purdy's supposed to have been preparing like he's the starter and has been getting not enough reps, but at least some reps as the starting quarterback. But then you throw out Logan Smothers in the second quarter, and you think you're going to want to do option. You get to halftime, and you come out with Chubba Purdy, which then makes it seem like you guys didn't have a game plan immediately to go. Um, You had another part where... There was a second down, it was a sack, not sack, the quarterback kind of got to the line, so it was going to be a third and long, but there was a holding, and you take the penalty and it gives Illinois two chances to pick up that first down, and they do instead of one, so that's one where you're learning where to take the penalty, where to not take the penalty. You got to the fourth quarter, and it's fourth and five on your own, 25 with nine minutes to go in the game, and your offense hasn't really done anything, so it's already desperation mode and you decide to punt. And Illinois runs off the next six minutes. It's kind of knowing all of the different game situations, time and the down and distance and those things that become the, these are the data points that you can see. Mm -hmm. And that's the part of the loss Saturday does not necessarily hurt Mickey Joseph overall. It's the coaching decisions he made throughout. Now you could go through and you could have a loss. Oklahoma game, perfect example. None of that hurt Mickey Joseph at all. It was a first game you saw what the situation was. Coming off a bye week against Illinois where your defense really did play well enough for you to win the game, but your starting quarterback wasn't playing very well, was missing guys. That's not Mickey's. That's not Mickey's problem, but to not have anything built up and ready to go in his absence. That that does come down to the coaching as unfair as that is. Like Mickey, Mickey Joseph this This is not fair to him at all, but it is the opportunity he has He's not the one telling somebody to not get a late hit out of bounds, but at the end of the day, the discipline to have a player not do that comes back to the head coach yeah. i uh, it, uh,
1: and i I hear what you're saying and 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 it does make me wonder, okay well, what if you have these losses? you know you get losses to finish out the season, but they all have a little bit of an asterisk by them. Because they're with Casey, without Casey Thompson, are right. they really close, or so, or pick whatever, and and you know, the, there's still a thought that Mickey, for a lot of other reasons, might be able to do the job. I just wonder, Caleb. Again, I'll go back to the original thing. Like, can you? Of course, you can do it. Of course, you can hire him with zero or one more wins for the rest of the year. But like the amount, the 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 what will the reaction of I don't know what the reaction of the fan base would be to that, right? I don't know what the I know you don't make you don't make hires based on what the reaction of, you know, the national media and those sorts of things are, but I don't know. Trying to sell that from a PR perspective, if if that's how this thing finishes, is gonna be really hard.
3: Well, and I think I'm really hoping that Trev Alberts because he said he doesn't he's not necessarily doing this to win the press conference. So I don't think it matters one hundred percent to him what the fan base reaction is, but it obviously matters a little bit, you know, as a former husker. If you go zero wins the rest of the year and Mickey Joseph gets the job, the perspective on that is that he's a Nebraska guy and he's getting the job because he's a Nebraska yes, that'll guy. That'll be the that, yes. that, that that becomes the prevailing. They, thought did, on they it.
1: did the 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 story I can see the story already from Bruce Feldman or somebody, yeah. right? It'll be like Nebraska didn't learn their lesson with Scott Frost.
3: Well, it, you, you have that, and then you add in, there is a large part, portion of the fan base, and I keep seeing this. You have to give Mickey two to three years because he's doing something that, that with Scott Frost's team that Scott Frost couldn't do. Please, for the love of everything that is out there, Scott Frost is not the baseline for what the program should be going forward. Just because Frost was given anything four-plus years, that's not how you should treat the next head coach. That should not go into your decision-making one iota. It should not be he gets this many years. It should not be you have to let him have this many losing seasons before you cut ties. Whether it's Mickey Joseph or anyone else, Scott Frost and what his era was is not the baseline for the program going forward.
1: Yeah. Well, and then it, it, we, I got a tweet in from a, a Twitter user named Fake Will Bolt, not Real Will Bolt. But he said, all fans wanted Frost last time, so the reaction influence of the fan base should be void this time. I agree. I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that principle, but part of the reason Mickey is, I think part of the reason that Mickey is a candidate is because of the fan, is because of the fan interest. Yes. Like, and, and maybe he's not. I don't know that he is, but that's that's what's kind of propelling him to where we are right now. So it works both ways yep. on that issue. Oh, boy. Let's, uh, man, I really wanted them to win on Saturday. I did, too. And, and, and honestly, here's the weird thing. Had they won, if you were really considering, Mickey, like it'd start to make sense at some point to do it earlier than later mm-hmm. because you don't give the opportunity of having all those losses right. that you hire him after the losses. You know yeah. what I mean? You would almost find when the iron's hot and strike right then. Mm-hmm. All right, 7.25, we will take a break. Sports is coming up next. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: Get today's top news in sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, let's get it fired up today with number five.
2: Well, Nebraska lost quarterback Casey Thompson to an injury in the second quarter for Saturday. Uh, Huskers also committed four turnovers, lost their 20th straight against a top 25 appointment, uh, opponent. Uh, Chase Brown on the other side rushed for 149 yards, scored on consecutive series in the second quarter. And the uh, uh, Illinois, number 17, went on to a 26-9 victory over the Huskers.
1: It stunk, uh, Caleb, because after uh, uh, Gifford got that sack uh, on third down, forcing Illinois to punt in the second quarter... It looked like Nebraska had momentum like you couldn't believe yeah. in that game. And then the next drive, uh, the, the pass from Casey Thompson to Ramirez that is just outside of just dropped, and he had some room to go on that little wheel pattern. A little bit later, Casey gets hurt, goes down. Illinois rails off 14. Two touchdowns, as Mark mentioned, mm-hmm. second quarter, and... You could tell that the Nebraska offense just wasn't going to get it going. And it went, so it went, I mean, it went in minutes from like, oh my gosh, it's finally going to happen. It looks like, you know, they're going to get up big in this game, which is exact, get up a couple of possessions in this game, which is exactly what we said all week they needed to do, make Illinois play from behind. And honestly, within five minutes of feeling that way, Mm -hmm. things felt hopeless, which is just amazing (laughs) that things can turn on a dime like that.
3: Yeah, it was when you got to that possession and you Casey Thompson missed him a little bit, but it was also still catchable for Ramir Johnson. So it's like if you grab that, it's a big play. Don't know if he scores. Maybe make someone miss. Whatever. You're in a very different position. Casey Thompson could absolutely get hurt at some other point in the game, but you start to wonder about the butterfly effect. Yeah. If he catches that, does everything go different? If Anthony Grant, who runs the ball on the next play, if he doesn't run so lateral, if he finds a way to get forward, does that change what that third down play call is. Um, but then Casey Thompson, he, he finally got... And he hadn't really been hit hard up to that Pass point in the pro game.
1: had been good.
3: Yeah. To that point in the game, offensive line for all of the issues, including on the extra point, which if you've seen video of that, question everything. <laughs> um Offensive line did well through a quarter and a half at protecting Casey Thompson, but it only takes one, and it only took that one, Mm -hmm. and it took Casey Thompson out of the game. And then the the inept, anemic, whatever you want to call it, there was just no plan without Casey Thompson going forward. You saw Logan Smothers come in, run a little bit, but there was no longer a safety sitting back like a punt returner because there was no big play over-the-top ability that you could expect from a backup quarterback. So they keyed in on the run. Logan Smothers only played until halftime. From there it was Chubba Purdy. And the moment was really big for him. He just wasn't seeing things. That was one of the things that uh, Mickey Joseph talked about yesterday. They got to get Purdy to where he's seeing everything. You had points and makes a throw across his body back to the middle of the field. It's picked off. That yeah. takes points off the uh, board. There's there just a lot that the team has to figure out if you're down, Casey Thompson, this week, and that's a real possibility.
1: Yeah, if you missed it, Mickey Joseph said uh, that he didn't think Casey would be back, but he wasn't totally giving up hope. Mm-hmm. Paraphrasing from what he said on his uh, on his TV show with Greg Sharp.
3: Now, something going into Saturday that maybe you wouldn't have thought two months ago you could have said about this team: the defense was a bright spot. The defense played well. They were put in a bad position multiple times with the with the turnovers. But if you look at Illinois as a whole, you held them under their average rushing output for the year. Obviously, you got beat a couple of times on some well-designed plays and some play action. But the number of backups that you have playing, yeah, the number the number of starters you're down on that side of the ball, and you're against a, a ranked opponent. The defense played well enough to help the team win the game. It just it wasn't meant to happen, and you, there there was again no plan once you were down your starting quarterback.
1: Agree with all that. I agree with all of that. Hopefully, boy, hopefully against the odds, they can figure it out against Minnesota because it sure would be nice to hold on to that that chance for a bowl game a little bit longer and get a win, get a fun win for this team and these players and, and the, the, the coaches and the fans, for the fans. For the fans. I mean, that was, a, that was absolutely – the stadium was, like, silent so much of the second half because mm-hmm. you just knew what was coming, and it was so – Depressing. I
3: have a lot of friends in Illinois, and I, I, I talked with a number of the Illinois media, and they were saying going into halftime, Illinois really needs to put points on here because Nebraska has the ball to start the second half. And I started messaging them going, I don't think Illinois has to score here or the rest of the game, guys. Yeah, that, not, right. not from what I saw in Nebraska's offense the first drive post-Casey. Uh, yeah.
2: Number four. 61-page filing, the appeal by former 1st District uh, Representative Jeff Fortenberry. He's appealing his three felony convictions. His appeal argues he should not have been tried in, in California, but in Washington or Nebraska, where federal agents interviewed him regarding the California fundraiser. And he said that's where the trial should have been. A whole bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, he's gotten a fine and community service and probation. That's all on hold pending this appeal.
1: Yeah, um, and 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 there's kind of an interesting procedural questions too. If you would have success on some of the parts of the appeal, what exactly happens to the case? Do you? I mean, do you re? Are there parts of it that get relitigated? Do the prosecutors want to relitigate this thing? I mean, are we going through this again? Um, is it is it fully thrown out? Those are all questions that I've got. And then my number two question is: Is he if he is ultimately successful in this appeal, which is usually an uphill battle, by the way? But let's say he is. Think he think he has the itch to get back into politics? <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. he can come out, and I mean, he's got an absolute narrative now. Wrongly, wrongly targeted by the by the Biden, you know FBI, and survived to tell the story. And one was victorious against them. I mean, it's not hard to figure out how you would make that into a compelling, kind of a compelling. uh, It would be. And hey, and you know what? I think there might be a couple of Senate seats that uh, (laughs) (laughs) that might be. I don't know if they'll be open or not, but they could be open in 2024 and not have incumbents in there. We'll see. We'll see who's sitting in it in the interim, but I still think the odds on is Pete Ricketts. Does he have something else he wants to go do after that? Just saying. Like, if he won that appeal, he would be on that list for who's who would potentially be next for those Senate
2: seats, wouldn't he? Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Well in he'd, saying that? He'd, no, but he'd also uh, have a possibility of uh, uh, in a Republican administration of being in a cabinet. Maybe. I, yeah, I guess. I, I, I mean, I,
1: for he, some reason, I don't see him ha- and, and this could be completely wrong. I don't see him the same way I do. You know, kind of, I don't know. I feel like Ricketts has developed all of those relationships to potentially make that happen.
2: I don't know that I see that as much from Fortenberry but I could be wrong. Well, it depends on, on on who gets in. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, he certainly does know the ins and outs of uh, Capitol Hill. I mean, it's it's a little bit. I mean, with
1: Ricketts, it's just this. I mean, I am starting to see this alignment with Desantis get really clear.
2: Yeah, with Ricketts,
1: right? I mean,
2: they've they've got a lot of, of the same story to tell.
1: Yeah, and then and then all this stuff with SASS happens to be happening in Florida too, and. Yeah, you imagine DeSantis probably has some sway there at the University of Florida. And I don't know. By the way, they vote on him. Tomorrow. Board of Trustees votes on him tomorrow. So I guess before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Got to get him the on job that issue, he's, yeah. gotta, he's gotta he He's got to get the job. I think he still does, but it'll be a little bit more interesting than we thought.
2: Moving on. Number three. Uh, Couldn't ask for a much nicer uh, weather day for Halloween trick-or-treating. Mid-70s, sunny today, calm winds. Going to be down uh, probably by the time uh, trick-or-treating ends, you know, 8, 9 o'clock, be down in the mid-50s. But with light winds, that's that's still perfect.
1: Uh, Yeah, 8 o'clock, I have 58, 7-mile-an-hour winds out of the south. 9 o'clock, 54, 8-mile-an-hour winds out of the south. 0% chance of precipitation. So... That's a. I mean, get your hoodie on and you are just fine. So I think you're
3: both going to be uh, handing out candy today, right, guys? Well, I haven't
1: decided yet. Oh, we we weren't going to because oh boy dog situation we got we got the new dog he's still coming off the neuter surgery every time the doorbell rings he's gonna go bizarre berserk and then he's gonna come to the door with the big lampshade on his head and just the amount <laughs> the of, the, of the amount of chaos that would go on if we did that but then i think like me and my daughter primarily my daughter and i i should say uh we we were both a little disappointed that we were just going to turn our lights off and not do anything so we looked at the forecast we said okay it's nice out let's just do the thing that some families you'll see do let's just set up outside in the driveway right get the bluetooth speaker maybe get tv out there and watch monday night football in the world series and Mm -hmm. just let people come up and and we'll do it that way so yeah we're gonna have an we're gonna have a tailgating halloween in our driveway tonight so get some uh, snacks out there i'm kind of excited about we'll bring this. millie by all right bring uh, bring. what is she going as i forgot
3: ray from the oh
1: is this a star
3: wars thing yeah it's a star wars thing Good. from episode so, Seven. Why eight, are nine. you doing
1: that to her she doesn't even know what that is she does because she we've no been idea watching what the animated that is ones. let her be a, a a pumpkin or a puppy
2: or something will you her, she's two put, years please. not two months <laughs> put her in tinfoil and she goes leftovers <laughs>
3: What was your favorite Halloween costume ever growing up?
1: Uh, I was uh okay. Mine. I was a Husker football player. One year, I had like I had this old white helmet, and my dad and uh, I can't remember. If it was my dad and my mom helped me take red electrical tape and make the stripe <laughs> nice. and make the N on yeah. there. And then they somebody had we got kids like some shoulder pads, mm-hmm. and I wore them under a T-shirt. I didn't have a jersey at the time. So that was my most exciting is to, to wear the helmet and do that. So I was pr- I was probably I was probably nine years old when I did that. I can't remember if this was
3: in fourth or fifth grade, but I got in trouble for my Halloween costume from my parents because we convinced the teachers at recess if we were all wearing pads and helmets that we could play tackle football. Oh, and they they said yes. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Everyone has the plastic helmet yeah. the plastic pads yeah, and that's they, kind of it
1: they were toy and they were kind of toy pads my dad <laughs> a coach at the school <laughs>
3: grabs me pads from the junior high team and I've got the full helmet and I've actually got like all the pads in like the pads brands. I am a lighting dudes <laughs> up. And I feel nothing. I'm like, this is easy. My dad's uh-huh. like, no, you could have hurt somebody.
1: The other one, I've got to show you a picture of my other best one. And this was when I was an adult, but I went to, this is when I'm still young enough, didn't have kids that we were going to actual like Halloween parties with mm-hmm. other young people. It seems like a long time ago. But uh, the year, whatever year was it was, 2003, the Steve Bartman thing happened with the oh, Cubs. No. I found a teal turtleneck at like a, like a Goodwill or Salvation Army thrift shop. And wore it under a black sweatshirt and got a Cubs hat and the headphones, and I pulled that off. Oh. I got to show you a picture sometime. It, I'm impressed with it even today.
2: I, I, liked, I liked your penguin outfit a couple and years And
1: I was ago. a penguin. My daughter and I were both penguins a few years ago, too. So, yes. Nice. There's a history. <laughs> Everybody be safe and have fun today. Number Whoops.
2: Number Everybody two. Everybody wang Chung tonight. Elon Musk owns Twitter. Thank goodness.
1: No, just, I don't care. I, I t- don't take that the wrong way as either sarcastic or or earnest. You have
3: as, a weird advocacy for Elon all of a
4: sudden.
1: Uh, again, my biggest concern is that he screws up the things that... Uh, my biggest concern is not about content moderation. It's that he screws up all the things that I like about it. That's my... Bit. And I already see him going down that road. Again, not content moderation. Talking about charging flute for the blue check marks. You're going down a bad road with making the site suck for reasons beyond content <laughs> moderation, and I'm concerned
2: about that. Maybe he's hired some meta-engineers. Maybe, because they they've done
1: that to that, their
2: site. Totally. Yeah, that's a great that point. A... Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, he's fired others, so maybe he's...
1: All of the focus is so much on, on free speech and content moderation, and nobody is talking about, let's just also... Because guess what? I can avoid the people who are... Are annoying, uh, love to peddle misinformation. Mm-hmm. I can avoid them all on here. I choose who I follow, right? I don't, I don't need to deal. So personally, I don't need to deal with any all that stuff. But the things I can't change are, or can you know, do deal with like, is there an edit button, right? Mm-hmm. Is there an option to do all these these other sorts of things? Can I finally use TweetDeck to post a GIF? Those sorts of things. (laughs) Like I've got I've got about twenty
2: things that have nothing
1: to do with content moderation.
3: What's it going to cost me for that blue check? Yeah, there are charges for
2: that. I think they said twenty a month. Twenty a month. Oh, gross. At least. And it's by the way, it's really hard to get one. I've tried. Yeah. Here's the thing: their
1: verification program is garbage.
3: Anyway. Yes.
2: Yep
1: number one. Oh, by the way, though, he did delete the tweet about uh, Pelosi's husband, right? Yes. Yeah, he had... He had there, there Somebody had posted... Hillary Clinton posted something about it. Yeah. And then Elon responds, posts this uh, newspaper article from I don't know, some, some local California newspaper that apparently has a bad reputation for being accurate about things, and once said Hillary had a body double or something <laughs> for her, and <laughs> And it was this, this conspiracy theory that it was some kind of an affair that Pelosi's husband was having, and then he's since deleted it, and I don't know. Maybe if he's on it, maybe if he's on it, he just shouldn't tweet. If he Or if he's the, uh, you know, ahead of this thing, should worry less about providing his own content and just making it. Well, I
3: don't think he has to be, he shouldn't bar himself from tweeting, but he definitely shouldn't say it on Twitter if it's definitely something he would say on Reddit
2: whatever just don't screw it up don't screw it up well he's got 44 billion reasons not to
1: well that that's the other thing is i still wonder and i asked this question at the beginning mark You remember he said is he doing this about some kind of Id- Id- idyllic sort of concept of free speech or is he doing it to make dough? which is it because i don't think it can be
2: both I think it's one or the other. And I still don't know which it is. Really I think is. he had the idyllic idea and made the offer. Yeah. And then realized what he'd done didn't want to yep. do it, but he was forced to go through with it. I mean, I think bottom line is he wants to make dough and I think that, that that'll change things down the road. Which wouldn't surprise me if it gets sold again within a year.
1: Right. And when you start hearing about crap like 20 bucks a month to stay verified, I mean, come on. Probably just make it into a pay site
2: number one speaking of uh, lots of dough uh Powerball jackpot up to one billion with, with a B nice uh, nobody won Saturday nights uh the it, at a billion uh you would get 497.3 million if you took the cash option now but, some so, are so, uh, saying, would you
1: say f- 497 million is that what you said pre tax
2: uh, uh, yes That's wow. 497 so three at a billion dollars now some are saying it's going to be above the billion by maybe a hundred, maybe significantly above it. Crazy,
1: crazy. A lot of people are going to buy them today. Let's we'll so, see. Everyone,
3: please donate them to my wife. It's her birthday tomorrow.
1: Please play responsibly. Seven fifty six. Take a break. Selling K today with Jack and Friends on K L I N.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your, majesty, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall.
1: So we only have, uh, what? Three more weeks of uh, after this of of no uh, Diamond Rio meet me in the middle with the fantasy Huskers going That's on. That's correct. Uh, so it, you know, it's coming to an end. It's a real sunrise sunset for the fall here uh, with Nebraska taking on Minnesota this week. Desperately needing a win, and uh, you can play fantasy Huskers along with us. But to do that, you got to get a pick. To get a pick, you got to text us the keyword and hope you get selected. The keyword today for pick number two is treat. TREAT, T-R-E-A-T, TREAT. Text that into the Rick Stein recognition text line at 402-479-1400. You might get that second pick and be asked the question, how many passes does Nebraska complete against Minnesota? That's it. Simple, simple question. How many passes does Nebraska complete against Minnesota? Now, the difficult thing about it is you don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. You don't really know the game situation. You don't really know the weather completely right now. Friday might be a better time to make a pick, but i don't know if that'd be but very you got to get in, yeah, but you got to get in any way you can, so yeah, the fried the last pick overall is going to be the one that you want. you have a lot better information than you do right now, but that's the fun of fantasy huskers and congratulations to last week's winner, who was remind me who last week wade winner was. wade he was uh he was kind of right on the average there for rushing yards, and nobody else really was and that's basically what Illinois did. Kinda <laughs> right on their yeah. right on their average. And Nebraska kinda did what they gave up on their average. So it wasn't anything super exceptional on either side all right uh tim rusa joins us talk nebraska news and politics he will also be uh, helping us next tuesday night for election night coverage uh which he does a great job on uh, and i really enjoy uh doing that coverage so we'll have non-stop local coverage starting at the beginning of drive time lincoln at five o'clock and going until no oh, i don't know if it'll be nine or ten close we'll see. to ten We'll two see. in the morning we'll when We're they not- call
3: the races. We're going to bring your coverage right up to Ellen <laughs> K. I don't know. We Eddie could Wednesday.
1: have a legislative race or something that could still be uncalled at that point. It's possible. It's
5: uh, very possible. Th- I mean, yeah, it's, hey, uh, it's there- entirely possible. Like we had it we had the primary situation. There's a recount in one of the Omaha districts this last like, spring, is there any so race-
1: happens. Is there any race you can think of right now that Involved. That is something that people in our listening area will be voting on. That you legitimately have zero. You just you can't call it right now. You don't. There's not a clear favorite. Will be the one that you're looking at most to kind of when the first results come out to see where where it's at. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, maybe uh, the. I think that the hottest races in the Lincoln area are probably a l- little bit further down that ballot, right? So um, this county attorney's race with TV ads up everywhere will be an interesting one. Have no idea how that's going to shake out. Um, outside of that, there's like nothing super top of mind. There's some legislative districts that will be um, competitive. There's a there's a the democrat versus democrat in danielle conrad versus james michael bowers is yeah. going to be one that, that could go back and forth or, you know it's, it's not it's not your traditional like early ballots came in for dems right. and the democrat goes up and now the republicans are trying to get around no, it's... it's not that sort of narrative so it's like whether they're splitting you know half and half on the early ballots and like how each one of those coming out is going to be interesting that i don't come interesting down to one. the wire i forgot just because it's word. democrat versus democrat um I mean the the Russ Barger versus George Dungan race will be interesting, but that's going to be I think that'll be decided after you know before the last counting of ballots are pretty close. I don't expect that to be super tight, but who yeah, knows? what are we most likely to it? get a recount that
1: under one percent recount in?
5: Um, yeah, I mean I, I don't know. Like I said, the that, county
1: attorney. <laughs> I don't know.
5: Maybe boy, that'll be something. I mostly wrong. the county attorney race is mostly interesting to me because I have no idea. Like we haven't had a competitive. Lancaster County Attorney's race—we haven't had really had a, at a competitive county race for a little while. Like the Matt Schulte, is it Rachel Garver, um, your current county treasurer, was an interesting one. But candidly, I thought that Schulte would win that. Right? Yeah. Um, county-wide offices have always trended Republican. Things are a changing a little bit in Lancaster County, so you got kind of you just have a very interesting matchup. There's a lot of money being spent there, and that's well, I, I is guess it
3: worth that amount of money.
5: I don't know that, that, that position
3: because because obviously you see. The the higher the office and the, or the higher profile of the office, there's te- there tends to be more money thrown at it. It where where is this one at for, for the amount of money compared to what the office is?
5: So I think, arguably, what I think makes this. It, worth the investment for a lot of people who are making contributions is that you've got for the first time in a long time a candidate who's willing to kind of use the office as a platform for some larger change, right? So, um, Senator Morfell came out and has said, I'm going to do things differently and I'm going to use my my ability to make decisions on prosecutorial discretion um, to kind of do some policy work, which mm. in the in the you know second largest city in the state, where the second largest populated or third largest populated county, like that's that's an interesting wrinkle that would change some. Make some policy changes by how you operate that office and would, you know, provide a demonstration or a model for doing that in other places too if you started to have it happen. So outside of that, I I don't know other than other than having a candidate who said, I'm gonna do some of those sort of things, um, it, it changes it as compared to your traditional you know, Pat Conn's been a county attorney for a long time and uh, has done it and served the office well. So uh just a real question as to whether voters want and donors wanna see how that Sort of an approach to the office can change things,
1: yeah. And to, to add to you know the, the, the drama that's already been present in this race, you pointed out to me that the uh, World Herald has a, a story today, uh, on apparently on uh, and I don't want to characterize this anyway, you need to read it yourself, but it's about. It's about supposedly an event among the some of the county attorney attorneys who were there and um, being asked for donations by a non-condon party and other employee and uh, the, yes, uh, I, so I mean I don't uh, I don't want to <laughs> opine on it because I don't. No. Me, <laughs> I yeah, me like I
5: Until but I saw it this morning. The
1: only thing, interesting thing is Todd Cooper, who usually covers courts in <laughs> Omaha,
5: wrote, this is it, my wrote com- the thing. This is my comment to Jack right away. was like, hey, he's like, well, what's going on? I was like, well... There's a weird piece in the Omaha paper about a Lincoln race uh, right. that seems real. It seems odd that it's published there. I don't. And and again, Todd Cooper covers Omaha courts, right? Probably um, talks typically. to a ton of lawyers. Um, yeah. I, so I, I mean, I, I mean, I, that's, yeah, that's how you get the scoop. That's probably obviously. fair. I mean, maybe hears about it from lawyers in Douglas yeah. County who are talking about it, um, the allegations or whatever you want to call them, um, for here in Lancaster County. But that, like I said, this race in Lancaster County is. Probably the most high-profile one that you've got in terms of knockdown, dragout—you know, taking shots. I saw watching, telling Jack, telling you during break too. Was watching TV yesterday. uh, They've had the football game on in the background. uh, Pop-up comes Adam Morfill in, in the choo-choo train hat, right? So uh, they're, they're just uh, back and forth, um, a real hot election for a local office. <laughs> choo-choo train. <laughs> <laughs> the one, if you're talking about a high-profile race I'm most interested in, though, for next Tuesday night, yeah. even outside of Lancaster County, what happens in Bacon Vargas is super interesting to me. Is it?
1: Yeah, because I'm I, having a hard time getting that interested. In I that. think
5: that Don Bacon wins. I'm I'm hearing from a lot of people that he's he's okay, but you have a ton of money being spent. You have the the national Democrats pumping cash in. You've got ind- independent expenditures that are coming in these last couple of weeks. Um, it's uh it's serious enough that people think there's a shot at it, and I think that's one that's going to be, you know. If Bacon wins, it's going to be with the not until the very last batch of ballots are counted, right? Because it's going to be the late day in person stuff that breaks his way. You assume that Vargas is doing a really good mail in ballot and early voter push to get. The traditional, you know, Democrats vote early and that sort of stuff in, and then it's going to be every time those ballots come out, Bacon gaining ground in in parts of Sarpy County, and he's got. I feel like he's got. Uh, there's another county up there on the north side that he's got part of too, um, that used to be in CD one uh, based on the redistricting. Yeah. So, and that's going to break pretty How hard. Republican, I change? Think. Yeah, and just I that that one's an interesting one with some national implications and some implications at the legislature. Right, uh, you and I have talked about it. There are sixteen state senators that will be new next year um two of them have been now like there are two that were vacant and have been appointed and senator dover and senator kouth they've got a senator kouth has to get reelected. senator dover will be around but there's like you know up to 16 you know if senator hilgers wins speaker hilgers wins which all signs point to that he will win attorney general there'll be an appointment for his seat that'll be someone new so like 16 state senators if Tony Vargas leaves to go to Congress, that's a Democratic seat in Omaha that a Republican Jim Pillen um, gets to a point. So uh, it, that could, that could change the makeup of kind of where your vote counts are, depending on. How the races break, you could get to that hypothetical thirty-three Republican votes in a weird backdoor way. That way. I don't right. know. There's a lot of interesting storylines well, after I mean, how this, depending on what happens next. To
1: Tuesday. some degree, there's a similar situation. I mean, similar situation with Mike Flood and and Patty Pansy Brooks in that race. Even there though was, it, it
5: won't have an impact. I mean, because he Senator already, oh, yeah, that already has, happened. He, yeah, Senator Pansy, Pansy Brooks has term out, so you're, an appointment right, there. Right. I forgot the flood. Um, I
1: forgot Flood already's been a congressman yeah, for a
5: few months. She's. I mean, she'll be replaced in her seat. Um, that's a, a Jane Ray, the local city council <laughs> spar uh, that's happening yes. there, and Jane Raybold and Roy Christensen vying yes. for to replace her. God, half
1: the city council in Lincoln is up for the legislature this year. Ain't that? <laughs> that's
5: kind of the truth. Now that former you former uh, city councilman Roy Christensen. You got Jane Raybold. Yeah, you got James Michael or, Bowers.
1: Um, or former city, yeah, yeah, regular or, or existing or former. A staple ones, of a Lincoln of City them.
5: politics has been around.
1: So, uh, yeah. yep Yep. Um, all right. Uh, i don't know what are the chances uh what are the chances the Board of Trustees at Florida <laughs> shock so
5: the world tomorrow no nah, it's done it's done you know, i think it's done i, don't, I think well Nebraska did this oh what was it twenty sixteen or seventeen when I think Senator moranti now treasurer Moranti passed the legislation to give the university this ability in in Nebraska right to keep it confidential a, until you get your finalist. yeah i don't i don't know how you can beg off that unless there's like huge allegations of or some like huge black mark comes out like i don't know how you could possibly back off that i mean you've gone through this process everybody who's in the know and needs to know knows what's going on when that person's name comes out and and that's the whole idea of keeping it confidential until you get that final person is one to get these sort of high profile folks who have things to lose both politically publicly or personally um to put their name in the hat until they know they've got the job yeah right um and then and then two so that you can do make all of the moves that you need to make behind the scenes to get it done without it being i
1: saw the the student trustee or or whatever it was said she hasn't decided yet and won't make her her uh Vote public I don't know how hands. they do
5: that down there, but here in Nebraska, the student regent's votes don't count <laughs> oh really oh yeah it's a it's a ceremonial uh, i mean yeah when, well maybe it doesn't i don't know it's a it's a ceremony. It- it's a student opinion vote or something or a student regent opinion vote is how it's registered, mm-hmm. so you'll have like you'll have the board make their vote and then the the it, it all is all done in the same yeah, way, but they just don't count toward the passage. So you
1: think you don't think? All right. So you think probably the trustees will, and then the I think, and then I think it's the board of governors, uh, like a week, the next week, who has to vote on it. You got the board of trustees and the board. I don't understand. Every Everybody's university's a little yeah, different. Yeah, it's, it's you, different. Sometimes
5: they're trustees, we're regents, right? There's cha- chancellor. Right. The chancellor here is the sp- is UNL's chancellor yeah. and the president in other places? It's the president and the chancellor overseas. No Helen's gonna have at to at be.
1: I mean, his first uh, several days just gonna be appointing people to things.
5: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah. you know,
1: legislative members. Uh, you got to pick the new senator. You got to, you know, assuming that the current governor doesn't do that more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I doubt he will, for obvious reasons.
5: I, I mean, there's a lot to that, though, and we've we sort of talked about it. Um, whether or not Governor Ricketts can appoint himself, I don't know. Matters because if if he wants the seat, I think he might have to, or he's gotta gotta get Lieutenant Governor Foley to appoint, you know, resign and appoint him um, if he wants it. There, there's value in the seniority question, right? We talked about that a couple of times, and I, I'm hearing that as I talk to people too. Like, hey, you can jump in front of maybe 12 new members of the United States Senate in a place of only a hundred folks that can make all the difference after a couple of election cycles. So. Um, You're saying if he was appointed prior to... Prior to right, till him so, taking off. Yeah, because my understanding is that maybe Congress is sworn in on the same day that the governor is going to be sworn in this year, and so there's like some timing issues on making sure that you you do it a little differently. Here's my movie. Again, I I know enough to be dangerous. Maybe here's
1: my but. movie uh, script. He, uh, Ricketts retires, so uh, so the uh, so Foley can name him. Foley gets up to the podium and he says, "Welcome our new U.S. Senator Charles Herbster." <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. You don't know that it won't. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Tim. We'll talk to you next week uh, uh, on Monday and then on election night on Tuesday. So well, we'll see what we have to talk about then. Thank you very much. 825. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for The Daily for free at KLIN.com. I'll just Malcolm Byron. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chadelin.
1: Yes, it is, and here we are again. You know, after it was a nice sort of interlude of of hope and and change to seal a phrase that's used in a. Everything feeling a little bit different for a while, but I'll tell you what, at about four thirty, five o'clock at Memorial Stadium, being there in the East Balcony, it felt frustratingly familiar uh, once again with Nebraska coming up short against a ranked Big Ten West team where it felt like for a part of the game, nebraska might have finally been doing it it was happening i was starting to imagine my celebration that evening and then you know it doesn't usually take long in about five to ten minutes of real time everything completely changes and once again it did this week for nebraska dirk challen omaha world Herald, joins us right now good morning dirk how are you doing
5: uh
4: good introduction jack i think we're going to look back on this past six weeks um and be like, remember when we thought that that was going to actually work for a while? Yeah, uh, we were we were sort of caught up in our own little fantasy world. I think where, <laughs> you know, Mickey Joseph might get the head coaching job, and Nebraska might win the Big Ten West. And you know, it's like, okay, yeah. we're going to look back and say, "Boy, that was silly." But we're uh, but we're de- I
1: mean, geez, we're desperate for any door crack of of light that's coming through that could be translated into hope. And yeah, when you so, have a
4: when you have a three month coaching search when your when your head coach gets fired uh, on September 11th, which almost seems impossible uh, in the calendar, uh, yeah, you got to find hope wherever there is some. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, I, I thought Nebraska was, you know, first of all, I, I didn't think Nebraska was going to win the game because there's an old law in football that used to be applicable around here that if you can run the ball and stop the run. Uh, you are eventually going to, you know, win out. And Nebraska was you know, going into that game could do neither of those things. Um, and and because of that I thought I went only was going to win. But, you know, until Ramir Johnson drops the pass, uh that thing is that thing is very interesting what? on Saturday. Well and Go ahead. and it was it, it was just very disappointing to see it turn like it did. I mean uh a pretty, you know, challenged Bo Davis for worst backup performance in Husker history, and uh, you know Casey Thompson's injury. Um, you know, we, we knew that would be a big thing if that ever happened, and mm-hmm. sure enough, it happened. It's just there's just not very many things to fall back on on this team. I mean, there's just not not nearly enough strengths to where you can say, well, we can count on that. We can count on that. Uh it's it's been a little bit smoking and mirrors over the last month. Yeah, well,
1: first of all, it was, we we knew that could happen, but it, this was worse. The, the I mean, yep. the aftermath was worse than you you would have I think ever thought. I mean, what, 50 yards after it happened? I mean, you, I mean even in our wildest dreams I don't think it would have we any of us thought it would have gotten that bad. We thought there probably was enough preparation, enough talent, you know, at that position and on the rest of the team to still do something, but it was legit nothing. <laughs>
4: It, it, yeah, it's it's so weird. And I, I know you thought the same thing because I think I heard you say it, but uh, I don't know if I've ever watched a game, and this includes like the Sean Watson era of offense. Uh, you know, with Zach Lee in two thousand nine. I don't mm-hmm. ever remember watching a game where it was like, you know, you're down by eleven points and you're thinking they have no chance. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like it's like uh, it was crazy. It was so crazy. Like I mean, you. You know, you could have left that game. We did leave the game early, but it's it, you could have left that game midway through the third quarter with with confidence that it wasn't going to change. So uh, again, it just to hit the, to hit all the old points. You know, Nebraska can't run the ball. They don't. They don't really try to run the ball. They don't,
1: yeah. Well, first of all, hold on. Let me let me interrupt you on one thing real quick and you can get to that thought. But I've already seen I saw Sam had it in, in his uh, piece, a piece that I just read. I've heard multiple media members. Uh Sam says this Nebraska was owned and controlled at the on the line of scrimmage. It it was that is not true. That, I mean, that, that is just not true. That is – I mean, I don't I, – I know people love talking about physicality. And, 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 Dirk, I thought the same thing you did coming into the game. Illinois going to run the ball, bludgeon Nebraska with the run, and put up, you know, 350 yards rushing, and Nebraska isn't going to be able to do anything rushing. That's not what happened. Illinois ran the ball a ton they didn't have they had average success with it and they had particularly bad success with it when they needed short yardage okay and and nebraska just didn't try to run the ball it yep. wasn't that they couldn't. And so, this I know people want to go back to the lines of scrimmage and say Nebraska can't stack up with these teams. That was so far down the list on what was the problem. The, the number one problem was you didn't have a backup quarterback ready to run the offense. Number one. Number two was defensive lapses and coverage uh, was much bigger than whatever the, you know, and then number three was play calling. So, I, sorry, I just have a this little stick in my craw about everyone always mindlessly going to this physicality uh line well, of scrimmage thing. I,
4: I would I would disagree. I would disagree to this okay. point because I because I think that you know <laughs> what what Illinois was essentially trying to do was to shorten the game. And I don't think they were they were doing anything with a with a high level, high risk of difficulty. Um and I think Nebraska, you know, one reason that they didn't run the ball as they clearly decided they couldn't run the ball.
1: Even though they uh, had a better yards per carry than, than Illinois did, but
4: I know that well, doesn't matter. Better yards so, per carry. Some of, that, some of that stuff is pretty deceiving based on you know, game scenarios. The first
1: half, there were holes. I mean, there were that, that first quarter and a half, there were holes that I hadn't seen all year. It was the first thing I thought. I said, where is this Illinois run defense that isn't going to let Nebraska breathe? Well, where was it?
4: Well... Jack, the, the the truth of the matter is Nebraska, aside from one big play, uh, scored three points. So, um, well, yeah, I you mean, know, yeah, the, I, the, think, uh, I think that uh, has
1: to do with the quarter the quarterback issue more than anything. Absolutely.
4: Well, we're we're probably not as far apart as we sound. I, I think I think Nebraska's you know big picture Nebraska's inability to run the ball. This goes back you know, several weeks now, uh, or at least their interest in running the ball, however you want to couch it, uh, is, is really concerning and does not, you know, does not suggest that they can compete, uh, long-term in this division, uh, without, certainly not without Thompson. And, and I, that was pretty clear to me, you know, even after Purdue, it's just like, this is, you know, I just look at time of possession, Jack. I mean, it's, as it, it, silly as it sounds to bring up time of possession in 2022, when when the game has changed so much, uh, you, Nebraska's margin for error is so small, and they're constantly putting their defense in in difficult positions. Uh, I agree with I, that. I'm not I'm not saying they got to be Iowa or Wisconsin, but this this whole you know. We're gonna we're gonna throw the ball up to Trey Palmer and, and cross our fingers. I mean that's it's just not a very sustainable model. And I don't know if it was a very sustainable model, you know, even if Scott Frost would have kept his job and, you know, Nebraska would have stayed healthier on the offensive line. It's just the 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 formula doesn't feel right. Um and it's I think it's gonna it's gonna lead to some serious problems over the, the last month of the season. Uh I was really disappointed that they didn't they didn't stick with or return to Smothers because I thought he at least gave him a chance, you know, to, to, to stay in the game, to show something offensively that, that Illinois would have a hard time I, with. And, I don't disagree. And, and, and yep. that was, to me, that was probably the biggest red flag on Saturday is it's like, you know, what, what are you doing? I mean, it's very clear that the the moment was way too big for Chebo Purdy and, you know, they just kept rolling him out there. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to prove there, but that was that was a game management flaw that I think was really concerning
1: my guess, this is a complete guess, but I'm part of i mean I just I think your offensive coordinator is not a guy who deals a lot in you know design quarterback run plays for the most part. And I think yeah. you know, I, I just, I, I just, I mean, I don't know if it was him putting his foot down and saying no, but it's like, it's hard to even imagine, you know, where that part of the playbook is in in Mark Whipple's offense, right? I, I wonder how much that played into that decision too. I know Mickey said it was because they wanted to pass. Well, it's not. You didn't see the passing from Chuba Purdy. <laughs> so uh, I mean, at some point you say, well, he's not, he's not doing the passing. So yeah,
4: it, it was. I think we have we have rightly uh pointed out the intangible strengths of Mickey Joseph in terms of you know, getting kids to play hard and uh, you know, running out the crop, running out the clock properly at Rutgers and some of that stuff. But but that was a that was a game management error on Saturday. And whether you want to pin it on Whipple or, you know, yeah. it's, ultimately, it's ultimately Joseph's decision. And, and it was clear to, oh, about 80,000 people in the stands that Nebraska had a, a quarterback on the field who was not capable of doing the job. Well,
1: you know, it was interesting because they tried the thing with him in the first half. And, like, his first carry actually looked pretty good. Like, I remember saying to my son, I was like, yeah, he looks faster than I even remembered him. And then I can't remember what the next two plays were. One was a run that didn't happen, but it was a three and out and it was a punt. And there was just looking at Twitter at that moment, and I don't know if this is how they felt on the sideline too. They're like, what a lost cause that that whole thing was. Um and it was for that drive, but I just wonder if they thought, okay, we just showed that that's not gonna work. Which would have been yeah. way too quick to pull the plug. But I'm just after, trying to t- figure a- it out.
4: Yeah, after Chubba Purdy threw the uh threw the crossing route or <laughs> through the interception to the Illinois player uh, in the middle of the schoolyard, you know, in the same way that you would as a third grader. uh, That was, that was the moment where you say, okay, this isn't working. Uh, Time to go back to Smothers. So, you know, again, Jack, big picture, none of this matters. I mean, Nebraska wasn't probably going to win the game anyway. And they certainly, you know, without Casey Thompson, they weren't going to win many games in November. Uh, But boy, that, the whole thing on Saturday, just took a lot of a lot of steam out of it you know it just yeah, it yeah. felt like it felt like kind of the end of of a relevant football season on saturday
1: i know and there's been too many, for, i was excited because it felt like okay we're finally going to have a november where th- there's something at stake right there's there's still you know, a, 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 a p- legit possibility of a bowl game where there's, you know, Mickey Mania might take this team over, where it doesn't feel like a death march to the end of the season, and now it's right back there. And November hasn't yeah. even got here yet. Which, with just one game, but but the prospect of not having Casey Thompson for a game or two certainly factors into that for me too.
4: They had to win. They had to win one of those one of these last two games. You know, to to sort yeah, of probably. keep it to keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, Although
1: they go out and beat Minnesota, and I'm sure I'll sound very different after that.
4: If yeah. they can do well, that. You well, know, you know what would change things for Well, first of all, I don't think they're going to beat Minnesota. <laughs> uh, I, but sec- but second of all, uh, you know, you're probably going to start hearing murmurs over the next seven to ten days. Um, I don't think internally, but, but externally, about the coaching search ramping up, um, you know, leaks from afar as they usually come. Yeah, some of which some of which will probably be valid, and some of which won't be. Uh, but I think I think the conversation will will soon shift to uh, you know external candidates and and who Trev Alberts might be talking to. So uh, I you know I, I would be surprised. I, I posed this question last week to Tom and Sam. But what do you think is the the earliest possible date that Nebraska has a head coach?
1: That, uh, explain it, what you mean that that they that there's an agreement made. You mean?
4: Yeah. It, well, do you think they could have a have an announced head coach, for instance, uh, before the end of the season? That's that not
1: Mickey. That someone yeah. who's not yeah. Mickey. I mean, if it's Mickey, it could. It, I mean, there were scenarios I could have seen where it was at the end of the year.
4: I mean, uh, let, let me throw a, let me throw a scenario at you. It, let's say it's Matt Rule, okay? Uh, and and I'm just throwing a name out. I mean. Do you think it's possible they named that on November 15th, uh, November 21st? Like, everything is so early now that in terms of recruiting and, you know, the transfer portal and all that, it sort of has to be. I wonder if there's a scenario in which Nebraska actually names, you know, names the guy before, before Black Friday. Uh, I'm not saying it's likely, but I just, I think this thing is so clear now to everybody that, uh, I don't want to say so clear, but it, it's pretty clear to me that it's Nebraska is going to hire an external candidate. And, and I wonder I wonder what the earliest possible. Well,
1: probably not that. The vast majority of them are coaching teams, though. So I mean, you mentioned Rule, but I don't know. For the most part, I can't imagine that because outside of a couple of guys, I agree. I agree. Most of them are coaching teams. So, unless, yeah, I guess if you're talking Rule or, you know, Chris Peterson or Urban yeah. Meyer or something, um, yeah. I suppose, but I do think the what you said. I think what you said earlier is is much more likely because at some point, with all the chatter between agents and media and everything else, I can't imagine. Honestly, it's been a little surprising there hasn't been more legit like chatter reporting from Nash You know, the Feldmans and the McMurphys of well, the world. And, and like that that's. I think you're right. That's coming.
4: Right. You got to you got to remember, it's it's basically an unwritten part of an agent's job stir that stuff up about his guy because it it inevitably leads to a, you know, a a pay increase and a contract extension. So, uh, even if Trev is not talking to certain guys, but, but is just, uh, you know, is just inquiring about their interest, uh, that's inevitably going to get out because, because it's, it's at the agent's benefit to do so. So, um, it, it would suggest to me one of two things. One, he's not having a lot of conversations. Uh, or two, you know, he's he's locked in on one specific guy who's very interested uh, and, you know, is is essentially waiting. Um, if he was if he was asking around to 10 different guys, uh, you know, what do you think of Nebraska? I think that would be out at this point.
1: Yeah. Or he was waiting to see how realistic of a candidate Mickey was going to be.
4: <laughs> well, and I think that's legit. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's legit. Uh, and. You know, it it could still be legit. I think that would be a surprise at this point. Yeah. Um, but but I think you're you're right that, uh, you know, I think Mickey Joseph had a shot at the job. Now, whether whether he had the the shot that we all thought he did, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Trev, I mean, realistically, he could have had his guy a month ago, right? Like yeah. we don't know. Yeah. Uh, but but I do think that, you know. Mickey Joseph probably would have indicated such, you know, at some point that, that, uh, that I he don't doesn't. know. See, I
1: still think there was plenty of smoke that Mickey was, was a very, was up there, if not the leading candidate going into last weekend. And I don't know if that's changed or not. And it's, it's a little bit of me reading the tea leaves in between the lines. And it's a little bit of just hearing people talk. Um, but the confusing thing about that is Dirk, I do think there's a point where that's just not feasible, If this season goes a certain direction and I don't know that they've hit it yet, but the trending is that way. And so, like, (laughs) it's a weird position to be in if you are kind of in that, because now if you're staring in the face of, you know, a winless rest of the season, there's got to be a point where you just can't from even if you want to, you're going to have a really hard time pulling the trigger on that, even if you think it's the best thing to do or it's the best option left. If everybody else said no.
4: Yeah, if Nebraska's resources are what they are, you know, if they're if they're really gonna pay a coach six, seven, eight million dollars, which I think is is likely at this point, uh, I just have a hard time believing that they can't that they can't get a really good candidate interested uh someone with power five experience, someone with you know, with uh recruiting chops. I mean I think I, I think if Nebraska, you know, presents it to everybody on the table. Uh, sure. There's going to be some guys who say no, but I think that, you know, with, the, with those types of resources and that type of salary, I think you're going to get somebody that says, yes. I and hope maybe you're right. I hope you know, you're right. Maybe it's, maybe it's somebody that, that is sort of boring on paper. I mean, Brett Bielma, Chris Kleinman, uh, Lance Leipold I and mean, those guys, Matt Campbell, oh, they're gonna, Yeah, they're not going to necessarily <laughs> excite anyone, uh, but, you know, they're proven power five head coaches and, and I keep coming back to that point, Jack. Like I, I, I just I think Nebraska needs somebody who's done it, who's done it under the microscope, uh, you know, who's I agree. I agree. learning on the job, who knows how to, you know, teach fundamental football at the power five level. There's there's lots of guys out there that, that do that and have shown to do that. And I agree. Uh, I think that's where I lean right now.
1: I hope they can get him. I hope they can get him. We, uh, we will see. All right. Hey, uh, thank you very much. Dirk will do it again. Uh, oh, hey, man. no
4: Husker basketball uh, observations from yesterday?
1: Derek Walker was out. I have no That It's just impossible to tell. It meant nothing if Derek <laughs> Walker out. We'll see. We'll see. Next, we'll have that. We'll be able to uh, yeah, lead into the main game uh, coming up next week. So that's exciting.
4: Hey, what well, last point? Uh, Your adopted Southeast Knights put a heck of a scare into the Gretna Dragons cool. on Friday.
1: How about uh, that fake that punt? Was, How about that fake woo. punt? That was. I feel boy, they man, they let that one get away. It's too bad. I felt bad for him afterwards, but. I don't know. There's uh Grant may have some problems going forward. That's all I'm gonna say, Dirk. May have some problems. <laughs> hey, we'll talk to you later. Have a good all one. Right, you <laughs> Dirk Challen from the Omaha World Herald. Eighty five wrap up the show after this on K L I S.